Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're glad you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled Love and Respect, Marriage Matters. Here's Dr. Kelly with this week's podcast. It's a blue-pink thing. If you weren't here last week, you're going, oh, my Lord, what is that guy doing? Hey, it is a what? It is a pink, blue thing. Men are different than women. And women... It's going to be one of those days, I can tell. I love it, I love it, I love it. We are different. And as I said last week, not bad, just different. And so I want to welcome you to Love and Respect Part 2. I want to welcome all of the campuses back. I know I welcomed you earlier, but I want to welcome you again into the house of God. Now, I just want to go and let you know on the front end, listen, I've got a lot of information to cover. And I am going to move rapidly. That doesn't mean I'm going to be here a long time today. It's going to be normal. But what it means is this. If you have not bought this book, and if anything I say today strikes a nerve or encourages your spirit or challenges you, go to the resource center at any of our campuses and buy this book, Love and Respect, by Dr. Emerson Egeritz. It is an incredible, incredible Book by way of review because this stuff just kind of builds and builds and gets deeper and deeper. By way of review, I reminded you last week that Jesus said this. In fact, Jesus kind of asked this question. Ready? Read it with me. Ready? Go. Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them made them what? God, in His infinite wisdom, Creator God, made us different. Not bad. Just different. And then I told you that the kind of last words that the Bible speaks to us on marriage. I mean, it's as if the Bible is beckoning the church, draw near. Don't miss this. The Bible says this. Husbands must love their wives, and wives must respect their husbands. Ready, go. Husbands must love their wives, and wives must respect their husbands. Now, notice the Bible didn't say, hey, husbands must love their wives, and wives must love their husbands. Why? Because we're different. And because we're different, there's different ways in which we interact with one another. It's different ways in which we speak one another's love language. And I told you last week, just to kind of review it, I said, you know, there's an air hose. And the air hose goes to the, the man's soul. And what breathes life into a man is respect. And there's an air hose that goes into a woman's lungs. And what breathes life into a woman is agape love unconditional love. Now, don't go overly concretizing what I'm saying. So some of you are sitting there going, well, does that mean that a man doesn't need love? No, 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 no. Don't go there. Does that mean that a woman doesn't need and deserve respect? No, 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 no. Don't go there. We all can deal with a little bit of love and a little bit of respect. Amen? But the love language and 
Not only does the Bible say this, but science and research, and I promise you your spouse, will confirm that women need agape love, unconditional love, and men need unconditional respect. And, and I told you last week, there's a connection. There's this love and respect connection. And it goes like this. The love and respect connection is when the woman does not feel love, she reacts with a lack of what? She reacts with a lack of respect for him. And when a man does not feel respect, he reacts with a lack of what? For his wife. And when, the, when you understand the love and respect connection and how this thing is reality, if you get a marriage caught up in this, you get caught up in what we called last week the cray-cray cycle. The cray-cray cycle. You remember this? And I hope you're looking at your notes because there might be some review in there for you or some place for you to take notes if you missed it. Without love, without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts without love. Can you say that with me? Without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, he reacts without love. It's the crazy cycle. And I, I wish I could share with you, though I, I can't and probably wouldn't, but you just need to know, I, I've never received so many comments as I received last week. I never received so many uh, emails and com, uh, comments on the message as people are admitting and coming to terms with the fact, you know what, we've been in the crazy cycle. And we want to come out of it. And if we just ended the message right here, ended the series right here, that would not be good. But, but after this, you then got to understand this. There is this energizing cycle. Once we figure this out, there is an energizing cycle. And the energizing cycle is very, very different, but it's good news, right? His love, his love, what? Motivates what? Her respect. And her respect motivates what? Again, his love motivates what? Her respect. Her respect motivates. And once two people start to speak that love language of their, of their spouse, I'm telling you, there's an energizing and a renewing of marriage, which is what a lot of us want anyway. Now, you might think that the natural tendency for me today would, would be to speak about a man's love for the woman first. And i got to tell you, that's what I was going to do. That was my plan. But let me tell you, the women, the women grabbed me last week. Oh, you women. You grabbed me. And here's what I heard over and over and over. Well, you need to explain what, what is that respect. What does that respect look like? And I even had some men, men grab me. And they're like, dude, can you help the woman out a little bit? What, 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 what does that respect look like? So ladies, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to you after Salvation Sunday. And I promise you we're going to hit that just as hard as we're hitting the respect thing today. But if you haven't taken out your teaching notes, take them out. Grab that pen in front of you and let's go get this. So the key part of the verse that we're going at today is wives must respect their husbands. Can you read that out loud with me? Ready, go. Wives must respect their husbands. Ladies, can I hear it a little bit louder from you? I want a little bit more feminine volume. 
That was kind of a strong masculine noise coming back at me. <laughs> all right, right now, all together, women, let me hear you. Wives must respect their husbands. That is awesome. Now, here's what I know some of you ladies are out there thinking, and you're going, well, it is nothing to respect. With all due respect, <laughs> I have to disagree. Amen. There's got to be something to respect about your man. And there might be some isolated cases, I understand that. But that would be like us saying there's nothing to love about you. And here's what I want you to know on the front end. Write this down, ladies, when you're teaching us, because we can forget this so easy. As I talk about respecting your husband, here's what I want you to focus on. Focus on his desire, not his performance. Huge right there. Think about this in terms of his desire and not his performance. And some of you are like, well, he ain't got any desire either. <laughs> Again, there are some isolated cases, I understand. And men, we should live to be respectable. But the Bible says wives are to respect their husbands. And so I just want to take a moment and, and have you ladies do me a favor. I want you to take the respect test today. A test in church. I want you to take that pen that you have in your hand. And I want you to write down on that worship sheet. The things you respect about your husband. Maybe you haven't done that in a long time. Maybe it's that you respect the way he cares for the children. Maybe it's you respect the way he, 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 he does stuff around the house. Maybe you respect the way he goes to work. Like... He goes to work. And you might be like, well, he doesn't make much. What? He goes to work. And some do make much. I mean, do you know that I come across men often, you know, like 40 years old, they're still in the basement of their mother's house eating Doritos. I mean, he goes to work. He hopefully tries to love you. I want you to just take your pen, please, 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 and just write down the things you respect about your husband. Remember, not just performance, desire. I'm so glad to see women. I trust it's happening at the campuses. They're taking notes. Yeah. Now, here's what I want you to do. Sometime this week, sometime this week, I want you to not plan it. Just, just do it off the cuff when he's busy or you're busy. And I just want you to kind of come up to him and say, you know, I've been thinking about you lately. And I just want you to know that... There are some things that I respect about you. And then ladies, Layla, then just walk away. Just do it. Just walk away. You watch what that man does. One woman said, I didn't even get out of the room before he went, wait a minute. What, what kind of things? One woman shared the story how her husband did that, and she got out of the room, but it wasn't, it was like within the hour, she, he circled back up with her and said, hey, honey, I'd like to take the whole family out for dinner tonight. And she said, well, we can't because, you know, such and such has to go here, and we have this commitment, and may, maybe another night, but we can't tonight. And she said it was within the next hour, she heard him in the kitchen banging pots and pans cooking dinner. <laughs> Ladies like that. She said he had never done that before. 
Ladies, you want to bring the best out of your man. You want to breathe life into him. Respect him. And again, you might be sitting there going, okay, well, how do, how do I do that? Give me, some, give me some concrete ways to do that. Here we go. Take some notes with me. Timeless ways. Timeless ways to respect your husband. Shoulder-to-shoulder friendship and recreation. Engage and embrace and participate shoulder-to-shoulder recreation friendship. Not face-to-face, ladies. Not belly-button-to-belly-button. We'll talk about that toward the end of the message. But ladies, you, you need to understand that men like for their wives to be their friend. We, did, you hear the, did you hear the masculine amens? Men like for their wives to engage with them in some sort of recreation or adventure or friendship shoulder to shoulder. And ladies, you don't have to talk very much. Wow, I didn't expect that to strike such a chord. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you, you, you can go with the man and y'all can be out doing something, you know, or you're doing something fun, and you spiderweb. Your, your conversation just goes from one thing to the other. And, and I'm telling you, that the dude, he might not tell you this, but he's over here thinking, for God's sake, woman, stop talking. A study was done. A study was done where they took, they took two different groups of people. They took second graders, sixth graders. Let me make sure I get this right. Sixth graders, tenth graders, and 25-year-olds. Second graders, sixth graders, tenth graders, and 25-year-olds. And they put them in a room and they sent them in in different groups. They sent the women in and then they sent the men in. The boys. And they sent them into the same exact room. And in the room, the, the chairs were just kind of, there was no certain order to the chairs, but, but they were not facing each other. But they were just kind of lined out with, with the number of women that were being sent in there and the number of boys. The women went in there, and without exception, and they told them as they sent them in, we want you all to just go in and, and have conversation. But they didn't give them many instructions beyond that. They sent them into the, into the room. The women all went and got into the chairs. They turned their chairs toward each other. They leaned forward, and they talked to each other. They engaged in heartfelt conversation, which is a good thing. I'm not knocking that. Then they sent the men, the boys, in there. And the boys, without exception, kept their chairs facing away from each other. Except for the second grader. He ran around like crazy. But they sat there, and the men just kind of sat there, and they looked out. And every now and then, they would turn to the dude to their left, or the dude to the right. And they'd say a few things, and then they would keep looking ahead. You know what I thought about when I read about that study? Fishing. This is why men like to fish. Some of you ladies are like, what? 
What is that all about? Men love to sit on the shoreline or in the boat. They're not looking at each other. They're fishing. That's why if I go on a fishing trip with guys, I come home and Amy Lynn says, what y'all talk about? And I can say with all integrity, not much. We are different. Scripture speaks of both the love component and the friendship component. Check this out. Eat, friends, and drink. Drink your fill of love. To which the women said, Amen. But if you keep reading, and and this is Song of Solomon, by the way. Hey, if you want some steamy scripture, go read the Song of Solomon. So, I mean, get in the bed at night with your spouse and read the Song of Solomon. We'll talk about that at the end of the message. Watch this, though. You keep reading the Song of Solomon. This is my beloved and this is my... My what? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So, after each point today, I'm just going to kind of pause for a moment and ask you to kind of reflect on some application for yourself. Here's some application. Ladies, this is for you. Man, we're going to speak to you in two weeks. Ladies, what hobbies... Or adventures can the two of you find in common or rediscover? How can you just go out and have fun together? It might be running. It might be biking. It might be, you know, going to the beach, to the mountains. It might be any kind of hobby. But when I talked last week about date night, I I, I wish I would have said this then so I'll catch it now. Date night does not always have to be a candlelight dinner. Or as I said last week, Marvin Gaye on the radio, baby. You know, a date night can be that and should be that from time to time. But what about just going out and having fun together? Ladies, think about that. Husbands, think about that. You guys talk about that. Here's the second one. Here's the second one. Timeless ways to respect your husband. The first one is shoulder-to-shoulder friendship reflection. The second one is honor his authority. And here's where I'm going to go where very few men and angels dare to trod. <laughs> ladies, you know I love you. Can you read that out loud? Just the ladies. That's why you're one of the best churches on the planet. One more time. Honor his authority. In today's feminist dominant culture, the generation of, or, or, or the question of who's the boss can be a source of humor, right? And a source of conflict. Many men, listen men, many men have been neutered by the feminist argument that men and women are totally equal. And husbands don't have a lot of authority anymore in our culture. And men are confused. And so as long as I'm your pastor, if it's okay with you, I'm going to preach what I believe the Word clearly teaches. And so we're going to talk about something that smacks right into the face of 21st century postmodern politically correct culture. But let's go get this. The Bible is very clear that the man is the head of the home. Now let me say on the front end, listen closely. On the front end, a godly man shall not 
use this position of headship as some kind of club to beat down his wife or his children with his word and his authority. This only works. It only works. Listen, when a man is loving God with his whole heart, this only works when a man is loving his wife as Christ loved the church, which is scripture, by the way. And how did Christ love the church? He gave his life for the church. When that is in play, i.e. a man who is seeking God and praying to God and is a spiritual man and is a born-again man and walks with God, when that is in order, this is a key, here's a key word, men, responsibility. Headship equals responsibility. I know in our day and age, that sheer economics pretty much demand that most women need or have to work. I get that. I also want to recognize that in our culture, female leadership is at an all-time high, right? To which I say, by the way, praise God. I mean, women leaders, man, that's awesome. We are a church, by the way, there's women on staff here. There are ordained, my wife is an ordained minister, and there are others on staff. So this is not your pastor sitting up here trying to push women down. This is not your pastor sitting up here actually, you know, trying to, 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 to put a bad name on women's rights or how far women have come in this country and in our culture. Absolutely not. But here's what I, here's what I know. Even the most successful women who are like CEOs or presidents of companies or they own their own company, they've started their own company. Many of you in this church, here's what I hear from them. Even when they come home after leading in this dog-eat-dog kind of world, which again, I believe women should lead in, even when they do that, when they come home, a woman still wants to be feminine. And a woman, most women, still want their man to be the head of the home. So headship is all about responsibility. Biblical headship does not mean that the man makes all the decisions. Headship means that women are under order, under rank with the man, but the woman can be involved in the decision. Listen, guys, you need to know as a man here, and as my wife and I practice this, we believe in what the Bible says about headship, but you need to know this. I make very few, if any, major decisions without consulting my wife. <laughs> That's just wise. <laughs> like, like, I don't even make major new hope decisions without consulting my wife. But what headship communicates to us is when there is that moment when two people stand at a stalemate. You've had that moment, right? And you're at a stalemate and you just completely disagree. Biblical headship calls the woman to defer to the husband to make the decision and trust and believe. Again, He's got to be doing this, that he's walking with God. He's a prayerful man. He's a man who is in the Word. But headship is biblical. Let's talk about the S word, not sex. 
Sex is a good word compared to this word for some of you women. Let's talk about the submit word. Because some of you have been taught, taught erroneously here. Submit. Submit to... Oh, submit to what? Out of what? So if you've been taught, you know, woman, you just need to stay in the kitchen, barefoot, pregnant, shut up, you don't have any say, you just, woman, you just submit. That's not good teaching. Submit to who? There's a mutual submission when you understand headship and when you understand biblical authority. But then there is this verse. Again, if I'm going to teach you the whole counsel of God, I've got to teach it to you. But this is important to know before you look at this verse. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Wives, submit to your husbands. Let's talk about this word submit. It's hupatasso. Hupatasso. Hupatasso means this. It means to rank under or place under. Again, it's an it's a order deal. God is a God of order. And God has order in the church. And God has order in the home. And the order in the home is that the male is the head over the family when he's walking with God. This is when there are stalemates. And some of you women, you're great, great business women. You're great business leaders. So I want to give you a way to kind of maybe start to understand this. And maybe it will help you warm up to the idea of submission. Because this is a hard concept for some of you women. Why don't you see it as a business deal? Why don't you see it as a business deal where he has 51% of the family company and you have 49? Some of you ladies are like, what about 50.5 and 49.5? If that works for you. Biblical authority and headship is not saying that you are irrelevant. It's not saying that you don't have a voice. It's not saying that you aren't a part of major decisions. No, 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 no. And I apologize on behalf of the church if you've ever been taught that. But that is not what it is saying. The man is to be the head of the home. And men, let me just speak to you for just a moment. With that comes a huge responsibility. Headship, you might write it down like this, equals responsibility. You say responsible to do what? To love the wife as Christ loved the church. To pray for your wife. To pray over your family. To lead your children in the way of the Lord. With headship comes responsibility. And ladies, when you properly understand it, you still have an immense, incredible role in the family. And you might just be like this strong-willed woman that I taught this concept to one time. She finally just listened and listened and she kept coming back at me and coming back and I just kept talking to her, talking to her, talking to her. And finally she said, all right then. He can be the head. But I'm going to be the neck and I'll turn that head wherever I want to turn it. And I need to let you know, I thought, that's good. That's real good. Be the neck, woman. Be the neck. Let's go. 
Timeless ways to respect your husband. The first one, shoulder to shoulder, rec- friendship, recreation, honor his authority. Number three, appreciate his desire to protect and provide. Ladies, I'm just trying to teach you how to respect him. Appreciate his desire to protect and provide. Men, therefore, you got to have a desire to protect and provide. Hey, call me old school if you want. I still think a man should protect the woman. Call me old school if you want. I still think a man, when he walks down the sidewalk with his wife, should walk on the street side. Call me old school if you want. I still think a man should open the door for a woman. And I got to tell you, man, when I went to Duke in 1994... I went to Duke where radical feminism. Woohoo! And I went to Duke and I was right out in front of Duke Chapel, right where I met my wife, in fact. And uh, I was walking into the Divinity School. If you've been there, you know the chapel is straight ahead and, and the, uh, the Divinity School is right there to the right. And a group of women, we kind of got to the door at the same time. And me, Sumter, South Carolina, born and raised, right, taught how to treat a woman. I opened up the door for this group of women. And if you could have seen the looks I got, and the sta- and one woman actually said to me, "We don't need your help." <laughs> Open up your own freaking door, then. <laughs> Seriously, dude. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I've drank from those wells of radical feminism, and out of the women movement, out of the womenist movement, and the feminist movement, some good things have come. But I just want you to know where I stand, and I think some of that stuff has gone way too far. Again, call me old school if you want. Some of my most intense moments in my marriage has been in public events like sporting events. There's always some drunk dude, right? Always some overly inebriated dude who thinks that the officials on the field can hear him. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That dude. The most intense moments in my marriage in, in, in the last 20 years have been when men, highly inebriated, are using the most crass, foul language in front of my wife. Now, I'm not endorsing fighting. I've been there, done that, came out of a very violent culture and very violent subculture way of life for me. But I also need to let you know that, again, some of the most intense moments is when I've had to look at some drunk dude And stare him straight in the face and tell him he better watch his mouth around my wife. Right? As your pastor, I mean, there have been times when I've had to actually say to guys, Hey, listen, do you mind not saying GD around me? And that's a little side, side bunny trail. But my point is, I believe the man should still protect and provide for the wife. Let's talk about provide. God has hardwired us to work and achieve. Can I get an amen, men? God has hardwired us to work and achieve. You see, I believe this goes all the way back to the garden, all the way back to creation. You've got to learn to think with a biblical worldview and the- theological. Check this out. God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. See, God put the man... Was, was Eve around yet? Question. Was Eve around? God took the man in paradise, created him to cultivate and keep it, created him to 
work. Created him to do something with his hands. Created him to provide for the Eve that God would create. Women, 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 you have got to understand that what your man does is of the utmost importance to him. Have you noticed what men ask other men when they get around other men? What do you do? What's that about? It's about the fact that there are very few things, very few things, if any, more important to a man than hopefully his God, amen, his family, and what he feels called to do with his life to provide and protect his family. And women, some of you never speak that language to him. You want to do something amazing? Listen, women, listen, listen. You want to do something amazing? Write your husband a note or a card. Get him a card. Not one of those silly little feminine cards. Get him a card. And write on that card, Honey, I just want you to know that I'm thankful that you get up and go to work every day. I'm thankful that you take seriously the need to provide for this family. And then sign that card. Listen, listen, listen. Don't sign it with all my love. And for God's sake, don't put those little silly X's and O's. That doesn't do anything for us, ladies. Do you you know how much we like cards? Very little. Hallmark would not want you to know that. Sign it like this. Sign it like this. With all my respect. (sighs) One church, many locations, campuses. I know sometimes it's hard to know what's going on here. But I know good stuff is going on at the campuses as well. It's just crazy. With all my respect. That's why when a man loses a job. And he comes home. And he looks dazed and he's staring out into the blank future of reality and he's got that look and he's just beaten down. Oh, dear woman, if you come up to him and say to him, I'm sorry, I'll always love you. I will bet you he will still look out into the future with a dazed blank look. And go, hmm, what if you said, I still believe in you. I still believe you have what it takes. Ladies, I wish you could see the men right now. So many heads. And ladies, I'm not fussing at you. See, see, here's what you need to know. This is natural. This is not your mother tongue. You don't, you don't speak blue. You don't see the world blue. Your mother tongue is love. And you do it so well. And we men are so grateful for it. 
just start learning to speak his language and men spell love R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. Here's an application for you, ladies. Ask, your question, ask yourself this question. How can I express heartfelt appreciation for his desire to protect and provide for you and your family? How can I do that? Not just a one-time shot in the arm. How can I do that on a regular basis? How can I speak that over him in the midst of our children? You just took it to a whole nother level when you respect him in front of his children. All right. Last one. Y'all ready? I'm not going to say that. (laughs) All right. Timeless ways to respect your husband. Shoulder-to-shoulder friendship, recreation, honors, authority. Appreciate his desire to protect and provide. Engage his desire for sex. Now, I just want to say as I talk about this, there's there's always some woman out there wanting, well, we want sex too. I know, lady. I know. And notice I used it singularly. Yeah, I know you want it, but can, can we just acknowledge right here, right now, men and women are different. We have different sex drives. And I think we would do ourselves well to understand that there are differences. There's differences between the male brain and the female brain. The male brain... Is made up of boxes, little boxes, and the boxes shall never touch one another. And when you speak to a man, that is why he he wants to speak to you about one subject at a time. Ladies, you have the unbelievable ability to spider web. For a man, there is the vocational box. For the man, there is the recreational box. For the man, there is the God box, if he's a godly man. For the man, there is a box for your mother, and it's usually in the basement. (laughs) There's all these boxes, and, and, and a man wants to take out a box, have a conversation with you, deal with that box, and then put that box right back where it was. Ladies don't have a box. Ladies have an interconnected highway of signals. And all the signals usually have an emotion connected to it. The woman's brain, not bad, not less, just different. The woman's brain, you might imagine the woman's brain like the World Wide Web. Women, to get to a place of sexual passion and desire and intimacy, women have all kinds of signals that need to be connected. Men 
have a switch. I, I want to show you a picture that will help you understand this. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> See? I mean, there's a switch, man. And, 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 and women, you got all these knobs. You got to control and you can't get a little bit too much of that and a little less of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little... And it takes time. <laughs> Women are like crock pots. <laughs> they like to simmer, baby. <laughs> it takes time. Men like a freaking microwave. It's why women, it's why women, when you get out of the shower and he sees you, it's like game on, babe. It's game on. Right? Men are visual. Women are not visual. Men are very visual. Women, I know you're some visual, but you ain't visual compared to men. What happens when the man gets out of the shower? Y'all about preaching this message yourself. I mean, she gets out of the shower and he's like, whoa, man. Right? He gets out of the shower and she's like, stay on the mat. You're getting water all over the floor. Women, 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 women desire emotional release far more than men. Men desire sexual release. It's how God hardwired us. Not bad. We're different. It's why you come across these kinds of verses in Proverbs. The Bible says this, as a loving hind, to get you some of that. As a loving <laughs> As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. Now, ladies, it's no coincidence that the Bible doesn't say, let his breast satisfy you all the time. That would be weird, man. We're different. Men are visual. Ladies, you need to you need to understand this reality. Ladies, you need to speak more words than your husband. Typically, again, don't send me any emails. You don't know. I, I know we're different. I'm broad stroking here, but it's landing with about 99% of you. You need to speak more words than he does. Not bad, just different. And you would be wise to listen in. He probably needs to have more sex than you. And you would be wise to engage that. Can I get an amen from the men? (laughs) 
And some of you women, you're like, all right, pastor. Give me a verse. All right. All right. You asked for it. Man, you're going to want to write this down. Do not deprive each other. The context is sex. You can go read it yourself. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So ladies, there's no need to say I got a headache. Just say I'm praying. (laughs) Spiritualizes the whole thing, baby. This is why I tell you people you should read the Bible. It's good stuff all up in here. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you. Ladies, please underline that. A man needs sexual release. And I am by no means saying, dear sir, that if you're not getting it, it is permissible for you to get it elsewhere. But I'm also pointing out that the Bible is pointing out that this stuff is real and there is a temptation involved. Again, men are visual. Ladies, I want to tell you this, okay? And you can take it for what it's worth. You can disagree if you want. You have no idea what it's like to be a man in this culture. You have no idea what it is like for your man to try to stay pure sexually, but more importantly, mentally. Because of everything that bombards the man today sexually. Watch television and look at it through these lens. Look at billboards. Look at advertisements. Look at the way some women dress. Woman, have mercy. That's a, that's a sermon for another day. I, write that down. That's a sermon title one day. Woman, have mercy. Call me old school, but I think there's still a place for modesty. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the Amish. I think, I think, I think we, we, we can wear good, contemporary, cool clothes. But woman, have mercy. Um, where was I? <laughs> they come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Troll me. I see, I see men writing down verses. Some of you have never written down a verse in your life and you're writing just as fast as you can right now. Do not deprive each other, perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Men, be careful. I've not loaded your gun today. Men, be careful just because I've pointed out that you probably have different sex desires and needs than she does. You do not ever have the right to force yourself on a woman. You do not ever have the right to demand it. If you had a brain in your head, and I know you do, you would start turning some knobs. This is a tricky subject to teach because some of you can take it too far and it can become a slippery slope. But if your 
if your love life is like bad or non-existent, I'd encourage you to buy this book again, but here's another book I would get you to buy. I did a sermon series on this about the fourth year in this church's existence. (laughs) You want to steamify your marriage. I just created a word, steamify. You need to buy this book, sheet music. From a a God-honoring perspective and a biblical worldview... Dr. Kevin Lehman wrote, I believe, one of the best books in the world. Ladies, men, if, and, and women, I know you're here too, and you, know, you, 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 you desire sex and you want to be fulfilling and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's not, the woman is not just to, to fulfill every desire of the man, right, and not enjoy it. Ladies, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I believe there is this thing called the spirituality of sexuality. And I believe when men and women understand it, sex is good. Some of you ladies were taught that sex was bad. And as a result, you've never really been able to warm up to it and enjoy it. Sex is good. God created it. Okay? If God created it, it's good. And so there might be some ladies here, you just might be like the man too. I mean, you might have desires that he doesn't. But wherever your marriage is, if there's sexual needs or you desire more or you just want to learn, oh my, go order this book, Sheet Music. The subtitle is this, Uncovering the Secrets of Sexual Intimacy in Marriage. And then by all means, get in the bed at night and read the book together. It will end well for you. (laughs) Here we go, got to end, got to end. Ladies, you want to respect your man? Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder, friendship and recreation. Ladies, he might not tell you this. He'd love for you to be his friend. He might not tell you this. He'd love to do stuff with you. And ladies, you want him to stay out of the bars. You want him to not hang out with the men so much because you know what can happen when he does that. If you want that and you desire that and you should, and I believe his top priority should be you and the home, then by all means, go enjoy life together. Honor his authority. Appreciate his desire to protect and provide. Engage his desire for sex. Ladies, if you will practice those things, if you will make strides towards those things, the chances are so overwhelming that he will also start to love you in a more God-honoring way with agape love. And that we will turn to in two weeks. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for the attention that you have of ours, God. You, you're a good God, and I thank you for your word, and you, you gave us such wisdom and such truth. Father, I pray that anything that I would have said today, God, I pray that if, if it's of man, If any of it is not of you, if any of it is not pleasing and acceptable to you and your sight, Father, would you let it fall by the wayside? Would you just let us remember it no more? God, would would it not have an impact? But, oh God, if there are things that we unpack together today that, that are of you, and they are specifically for certain couples in the movement today, God, I pray 
that you would allow those seeds to fall on fertile soil. God, I pray for the marriages in this church. God, I pray that this series would not end in just a few weeks. God, I pray that this series would actually carry us into 2015, God, into the years and even the decades ahead. God, may we as couples talk about these things. May we as couples do everything we can do to build God-honoring marriages, God, that bless you. God-honoring marriages that fulfill us. To fulfill those most intimate desires, God, that, that we know from Scripture that you put in us. You created us male and female. And then you said, oh yeah, by the way, wives must, must respect their husbands. And husbands must love their wives. Oh God, may it be so. And in doing so, Father God, may our marriages be all that you desire them to be. We give you our lives, we give you our hearts, we give you our marriages today. God, where there is goodness and godliness, would you... Would you water that soil and would it become even greater? Father, where there is brokenness, where there are ruins, God, may you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, minister to us and may those ruins become glorious. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org. And our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.